Well, I've had a considerable amount of feedback concerning last week's last week's message. Uh, we talked about the tithe, if you remember, and, and so I had a lot of people asking questions, and they were very positive. People were searching out information, trying to get an understanding of, of what what exactly that means for them, and so I'm very, very proud of you guys, and it's good to see you all back today, because usually when you start talking a little bit about money, everyone's all, I'm going to take a break for a couple weeks, you know, we'll get back, we'll get back to you, Pastor. Uh, so we're going to continue in this, this vein of talking about generosity. I am going to talk about money again today, because we really kind of focused on the tithe last week, and uh, that was pretty awesome. I, 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 we, we talked about, I called it the trust fund, if you remember. Um, and it's because God has trusted us with everything. Everything belongs to God. We just get to steward the things that God has given us. And we talked about how the tithe, which is 10% of, of everything that we, that we receive, it is to be returned back to God as a way of honoring him and showing that we know that he owns everything. It's also a way of, of helping to, to build the kingdom. We talked about not robbing God out of Malachi chapter 3. And we said that that, that was the principle of ownership, that we won't rob God. Remember? That, that's the principle of ownership. God owns it all, so I'm not going to take it from him. We also talked about not robbing ourselves of the blessings. That's the principle of trust. That's where the trust fund comes in. And, and I kind of joked and said, my mom didn't leave me a trust fund. She, you know, she's spending it all while she still can. And I'm, I'm like, go, go ahead, woman. God will take care of me. I want you to live great on this side, you know. Have a good time in your retirement. That's, that's the main thing. And we don't want to rob his church. And we talked about that, the principle of provision. The tithe is what God has instituted to help build the kingdom. And we also learned that it's not the law because I showed you in Scripture that Abram actually brought a, was, was given a tithe even, or get, brought a tithe to Melchizedek even before the law was given. And there's more Scripture in this regard about Jacob in Genesis chapter 28 as well. You could read that later, that Jacob tithe even before the law was given. So, so it's something that we do willingly, and it's something that we're supposed to do cheerfully. But before I go on to today's topic about managing the other 90% of what God has given us, I want to highlight a couple more things that, that I felt like maybe were missed or, or, or not talked about because there were some questions that came away as well. I want you to understand one thing is I'm not legalistic about this. I did mention from the pulpit that if, if you're looking to be in leadership here or, or on the council that, that I might view your records, probably I probably won't even do that. I might just have a conversation with you. Are you faithful in tithing? Because really, it's not a legalistic thing. I only want you to be blessed. That's the reason I'm talking about this. It's not because Grapevine's in lack and we can't pay the power bill. You know, Grapevine's doing great. God has been faithful. He's been faithful, faithful, faithful. And so I don't want anyone to feel like I'm being legalistic about this. But here's what I know, family, is when we embrace giving and we embrace generosity, you will be blessed. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of different teachings about this. Most churches agree with the concept of tithing, but there are some churches out there that don't. You'll find some, if you're looking for a, reason, a way out of tithing, you'll find some articles on the Internet. You'll find some books that talk about that, that we shouldn't tithe, that it's an Old Testament law, and, and that we shouldn't teach on it because we're, we're under grace and not the law. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. And we tell, don't teach on the tithe because you're just being legalistic, Pastor Ron. We should be allowing people to bring their own free will offering. Well, yeah, I agree with that. But let me put it this way. We tithe not because it's the law to follow, but a principle to live by. And it's a good one. 
look at, I'm not even getting to the text. I, I'm just recovering last week. I got some stuff to talk about today. I won't keep you long, but I, I feel like I really need to just spend a few minutes here. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 through 20, he says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of the pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Whoever therefore breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever does teach them shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So if I follow these and I teach others to follow these, I will be great in the kingdom of heaven. If I choose not to teach these and I choose not to follow these, the Bible says I'll still be in heaven. I just won't be so great. I like to joke around. I want my crown to be so big that I got armor bearers walking around trying to hold it on my head. Man, you're going to break your neck with that thing. I know, I know. But, but you know what I'm saying? I want my mansion to be huge. All yours can be behind mine. I'll have the best view. You know what I'm saying? I just, <laughs> you know I like to play, right? You know I'm God's favorite. Have you read my license plate yet, right? If you haven't read my license plate, you know it's true because DMV in California and now Nevada approved it. It's got to be true. DMV don't let nothing go by unless it's true. That's my story. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it anyway. Moving on, moving on. Shh, shh. Listen. We're not saved by keeping the law, and it's powerless to change us. Listen, but it's not useless. The law is how God shows us the path to righteousness and holiness. We teach the Ten Commandments not to put our trust in our own efforts of of keeping the law, but to get to understand the heart of God. That's what the Ten Commandments are for. Listen, I go to church on Sunday not because the Ten Ten Commandments say to obey the Sabbath, but because I love Him and I want to worship Him. We don't honor our parents because the Bible, the Ten Commandments tell us to. We we honor our parents because we want to love them and we want to bless them, right? So I tithe, not because it's a law, but because it's a way of thanking God for everything that He's given me. It's my way of saying, yeah, Lord, I trust you. It's the trust fund. I believe in you, God. You will. I've had testimonies this week already. Brad, can I get a witness? Yeah, I've already had testimonies this week where, where, where the tithe was challenged and God came through. And I asked last week, has anybody ever started tithing and God not blessed? And nobody was able to raise their hand. That's the litmus test if you ask me. So I tithe not because it's the law. Can I tell you this? If you really want to be legalistic about this, Jesus actually expects more from us. Look at Matthew, again, in chapter 5. Move down to verse 27. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. He says the same thing about murder, that if you hate somebody, you've already murdered somebody in your heart. If we say that we're living under grace and not the law, then we should give more if you want to be legalistic about it. Because Jesus gave everything. Wow. Call me legalistic, I'll hold you to it. On the other end of the spectrum, 
there are, there are churches that will enforce the tithe. There's some churches out there, they'll send you letters as it gets close to the end of the month. They will call you on the telephone. And, and their rationale is this. It's Malachi chapter 3 says that the, the house of God is deprived if we rob God. So, so some churches will actually go after you. There, there are some churches that will ask you, actually ask you to leave the church if you choose not to tithe. Listen, we don't do that here. It goes against the principle of cheerful giving. So we tithe faithfully, cheerfully, and willingly because we want to. We honor him as Lord and all that he has given us. And we want to bless the work of his kingdom. Listen, tithing is a good and blessed principle to live by, not a lot of follow. That's what I wanted to tell you today. But today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the other 90%. And I appreciate Todd praying already, but I, I just want to offer a prayer today before we get started. Father, everything belongs to you. And we're very aware of that. When I asked last week if I was teaching the truth to stand, the whole room stood. Lord, this is the truth. And the truth sets us free. So Lord, today as we talk about the rest of the resource, the other 90 that you give to us, Lord, I pray that the Holy Spirit would guide us and open our hearts and just fill our hearts with compassion and love and generosity. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we want to also be stewards of the other 90% that God has given us. We don't want to fall in love with it, or we don't want to hoard it for ourselves. We don't want to become misers. You know what I'm saying? You ever watch that? What's that show? Hoarders, yeah. Yeah, we don't, we don't want to be like that with our other 90%. We don't want to hoard it and, and have all this money that you can't take with you anyway. We want to stay above it and not be a prisoner, not be bound to it, like the rich young ruler. Many of you know the story. Look at Matthew 19, 21 and 22. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have. See, he had this conversation with Jesus. Jesus, what do I need to do to be saved? He said, keep all the commandments. Love the Lord your God. Respect your parents. Don't murder. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't smoke. Don't chew. Don't go with girls that do. And, and the rich young ruler. And the, sorry, or men that do, for you ladies. There's some marriage counseling I just kind of popped in there on you. And Jesus said, if you want to be perfect, go sell all you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. And when the young ruler heard that, when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. I, I want to talk to you today about three attitudes that, that we have towards uh, giving or generosity. And so my text today, this will be brief once we get into this, but I want to read to you out of 1 Timothy. This is our, our main text this morning uh, to speak on this topic. Now let me read out of verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 10, uh, 6 through 10, and then we'll jump down to 17 through 19. It says, Now godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Verse 17, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in certain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good 
that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. Listen, my first point today about the other 90% is we need to be thankful for it. It's the principle of contentment. Paul wrote to Timothy, said, Godliness with contentment is great gain. In other words, don't crave what you don't have. That is, a, 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 that is something we need to get into our hearts. Don't crave what you don't have. Enjoy what you have no matter what you have. Be thankful. Listen, sometimes what we don't have keeps us from enjoying what we do have. We're so busy trying to get what we don't have that we don't have time to really enjoy what God has already given us. We're always looking for the next thing. Listen to this. I thought this was interesting. Interesting. I said that. Interesting. It's a Pastor, pastor Bill word. Interesting. This is interesting. That's my pastor from Victorville. 1976, the typical U.S. market stocked 9,000 items. Today, that same market stocks 30,000 items. I mean, think about the, the hair care aisle at your local pharmacy store. Used to be a few, there used to be a few choices. Hey, look who's talking, man. What? My wife paid $9 for hairspray yesterday. She said, it'll last a while. It's good stuff. Your hair looks awesome, by the way. You look completely gorgeous to me today. More marriage counseling, man. Any, anywhere, anytime. Amen? People have this obsessive compulsion to own more and more stuff. It gives us this false sense, uh, this false feeling of that we're fulfilled and that, 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 that everything's cool if we have the latest, the greatest, the biggest, the fastest, the prettiest of everything. The problem is this drive to have bigger and better things, it never ends because there's always bigger and better things to have. Verse 7 gave us a glimpse into, uh, actually it gives us this wake-up call. It said, it said, for we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. You're not taking any of it with you. <laughs> in fact, listen, we don't even have to wait for death to come. Sometimes bad decisions. Sometimes Illness, war, accidents. There's all kinds of things that causes the stuff sometimes to go away. Can I ask you a question? Do you always crave more and are never satisfied with what you have? If you do, you know, that's actually a contradiction to the Scripture. Because if we trust in a God who gives us richly and enjoy all things, verse 17 we just read, and if his name is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, and if Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and if the Lord says, your heavenly Father knows what you need and how to provide for you, then logically we, not, we should not be in want. We should have enough. So the feeling that we don't have enough, it's a misguided one, and it has to do with our relationship with God and our inability to trust him. To not be satisfied, not to, be, to not be content. 
with what God has given us. Do you know that the verse, the scriptures tell us that to whom much is given, much is required? And it also says that when you steward the little things, I will give you bigger things. That was one of the things that I talked to the council about when we first became pastors here. I said, look, guys, this dream and vision for the property, it's awesome. It's incredible. And I'm going to help us build that. That's why God brought me here. I believe that. But here's what I think. If we don't take care of our current facilities and we don't do some spruce it up and, and make it more inviting to the community, then we'll never get there. And the council was like, yeah, you're right. Let's do it. I thought, man, this is going to be an uphill battle. You know what? There's a lot of things I thought coming to Grapevine might be an uphill battle, but you guys have just embraced. Because yeah, you're a discerning people. It's not just Pastor Ron in the bean burrito last night. You know it's God, amen? God is speaking and God is doing something. Look at the chairs in this place. There's not too much more room. God's going to have to do something soon. So the issue is not with the amount of money we have, but it's the condition of our heart. Listen, if God supplies at one level and we want at another level or a higher level, our desires push us beyond what we have. And our desires then exceeds our mean, and we're asking for trouble. The Bible said in verse, in verse number 9 of 1 Timothy chapter 6 that, that, that these kind of desires and greed cause people to fall into a trap and a snare and into many foolish, harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. That word perdition, it actually means to lose or to destroy. So it causes men not only to destruction but to lose everything when we're greedy. When we got to have the great, I told you about the story of the man who lives in the neighborhood, who, who's an old great, who, who was walking by one day, and we talked, and he, he just told me how he's got money, but he's miserable because he stopped tithing back when the building burnt down because he stopped going to church. I give to missions, I give to other areas, but I'm just miserable. He knew he was under a curse. He knew that he was not giving God, that he was robbing God of the tithe. We're talking about being generous now with the other 90%. How do we steward that? Which brings me to the next point. The other 90%, we've got to use it wisely. It's the principle of practicality. Right? We have to be practical with what we have. In other words, save faithfully and spend wisely. Paul said in verse 18, let them do good that they be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share. I love that. We need to plan our spending, not, not just on ourselves, but on the works of God, above and beyond the tithe. That's where the other monies go. Some of you support other, other projects, other churches even. Somebody came to me this week and said, hey, I give to another church because that church saved my life. I said, praise God. That's a good thing. There are ministries out there that are great, rescue missions. If it wasn't for church members, I would have never had a rescue mission in California because that's where the 90% of our income came from people from the community. And that's good. And we've got to be willing to give. God wants us to make money honestly, save it faithfully, and spend it wisely. Proverbs 21, verse 20 says this, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil. But a foolish man devours all he has. I'll leave that alone. I don't want to, but 
I'll, re- I'll just read the next verse. How's that? Jesus said in Luke 12, 15, he said, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. Your life is not tied up in what you own. I like green grass. I like nice cars. I like nice clothes. But my life is not tied up in those. Matter of fact, I'm wearing the same old stuff. I keep buying stuff, and then I don't wear it. Probably so I can give it to the food bank, I guess. So I keep waiting. I keep waiting. Oh, it ain't that bad. I keep waiting to lose that extra weight because then it's going to fit. You know, it's like, oh, man, just give it away. Who are you kidding? It's harder. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Who's singing that? <laughs> don't get me going. I felt like dancing this morning. You know what I'm saying? No, don't, don't, you don't want to see this white boy dance like that. Oh, man, I got it. Don't spend beyond your means. The advertisers out there, they'll tell you to buy now, pay later. 36 months free interest. Yeah, you still got to pay for it. Just tell me when it's free for you, you know what I'm saying? Don't keep spending on what you don't, with, with what you don't have. There's still checks in the checkbook. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I used to tell my mom that when I was a kid. But there's still checks, Mom. Can I have that new toy? We don't want to live under a burden like that of huge debt. I've been there. I know what that's like. Man, it was, it was a pile to climb out of that. God is faithful. And listen, sometimes I know we need to borrow. I don't know that anybody in this room has got $300,000 in their pocket to go buy a brand new house. But, but we have to have a plan of repayment. You've got to make sure that the resources are coming in. And, and when you do finance something, Pastor Kerry and I, we keep a credit card just so we can keep our credit going. And sometimes we, 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 we put something on the credit card, and then we pay it back quickly. You know what I'm saying? Get that debt down because it will hold you hostage. So what is wise spending for a Christian? Well, let's look back at our text, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. It says, let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. We should be storing up treasures. We need to remember to invest in the Lord's work. Because listen, it's the only thing that will last for eternity. I know you guys heard the joke about the guy that died, and he was rich, and he talked to, I don't know why Peter's always at the gate. Peter must work long hours. He's always the one at the gate trying to check people in. And he told Peter, he said, can I bring something in? Peter said, no, you can't bring nothing here. You don't need nothing. I just, I got all this stuff. Can I just bring something? He said, all right. He finally relented. So the guy brought a, a suitcase full of gold. And Peter said, why did you bring pavement? Right? All the things you could have brought, you brought pavement. I don't get it. Everything else is going to be burnt up. Everything. So, so my third point is share it. It's the principle of giving. You know why God gave it to you? Because he wants you to be a blessing to others. He wants you to be a blessing to yourself. Don't get me wrong. Don't, can I tell you this too? Don't give beyond your means. But I'll tell you what, you can't outgive God. God has put it in your heart to do something. You do it. He will, he will show up. This principle is taught over and over again in Scripture. Give, and it will be given to you. Press down, shaking together, running over, right? Pentecostal style, hallelujah. Woo, oh, don't let me, don't let me, man. I'm ready. I'm ready, I'm ready. Woo! I got my shouting shoes on today. 
Just, but just like seeds, the more we sow, the more we reap. God is a giver, and he wants us to be like him. He gave us Jesus. Wow. Wow. He gave me Jesus. I love Jesus with everything that I am, but he loves me so much more. You know, there's this, this quote that was on our opening video last week that I pulled out, and it's from John Bunyan. Bunyan. I don't even know how to say his name. Bunyan? Bunyan, right? Like Paul Bunyan. He says, you've not lived today until you've done something for someone who can never repay you. Many of you know what that's like. This is, I'm preaching to the choir today. This is more of a reminder message. We have the food bank, and we have loads of love, and we, and we do a lot of things, and you guys are giving churches. This is a reminder that that other 90%, man, it still belongs to God. He's given it to you so that you can bless your family, and, and you can take care of your household, and you can do things. And, and there's nothing wrong with, with, with even splurging on yourself sometimes. But, but, but don't do it with this mentality that I deserve it. I work hard for it. It's all mine because God will take it from you. <laughs> Been there, done that. No matter how much I have, I'm never financially free until, until I learn to give. People say you can't take it with you. That's true. But can I tell you this? You can send it on ahead. You can. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 20, lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. I heard a story about a guy who died, and, and he shows up. St. Peter's there, obviously. He's looking into pearly gates, and he sees all these mansions. And Peter says, there's your, it's this little shack. He goes, that's mine? Why? Why is that mine? And he said, because that's all the building material you sent ahead. <laughs> you want to be greatest in the kingdom of God, then you have to be a giver. You have to be generous, Amen. And next week, we're going to talk about time. I'm going to get off the money topic. We're going to talk about our time. And then we'll talk about our talents. And we'll talk about a few other areas of generosity. We've got to remember to invest in God's work. And we do that by investing in people. Investing in ministries that we know. Listen, can I tell you, don't give to a ministry until you've investigated. Probably the greatest thing that I learned as a rescue mission director is that you need to be an informed giver. You need to know where your money's going. Make sure you're sowing into fertile ground. Make sure if you're giving somewhere outside of where you worship that, that it's, it's a good ministry, that, that they're doing good things with your money. It's even okay if you're a big giver to ask for a, how much of my money, how much of my money goes to the ministry and how much of it goes to pay your salary. They need to tell you that. And I'll tell you this, it's over 10%. It's not a healthy ministry. Okay, well, 10, 15%. If it's over 20%, I wouldn't give to that ministry. I wouldn't. Have you ever seen the movie The Blind Side? You guys know Michael Orr's football season, right? He, he's playing for the Carolina Panthers now, isn't he? He's an ex-Raven. He played for somebody else in between. I, I can't. But you guys saw the movie, and you know about the couple who adopted him, uh, the Tohu family. I don't know how to pronounce their name. Uh, it was about this, he, that Michael Orr was a struggling high school student, and they brought him in. They adopted him out of foster care. Well, they wrote a book. It's called In, in a Heartbeat, Sharing the Power of Cheerful Giving. It's talking about giving as a way of life. 
And this is how I'm closing today. This is how they summed up their book, their philosophy of giving. They call it the popcorn theory. It says you can't help everyone, but you can try to help the hot ones that pop up right in front of your face. I like that theory. You know what I'm saying? God puts people in our path every day if we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. If our eyes are open, I mean, we live in Las Vegas. There are homeless people on every corner, and I am not saying give money to every homeless person. You use that gift of discernment. You give money when the Holy Spirit tells you to. You buy a cheeseburger when the Holy Spirit tells you to. You give a bottle of water to everybody if you can. Come on, somebody. But try to help the hot ones that pop up right in front of you every day to the best of your ability. And sometimes that doesn't even require finances, does it? Sometimes just saying, hey, I don't have anything to give you, but can I pray for you? You would be surprised that some of the homeless, if they, if they just uh, freak out, then, then dust off your feet and keep moving. Don't be offended. Amen? But the majority of them will say, you know what? Yeah, I could use your prayer. Because it's tough out there on the street, family. So that's my, that's my talk with you today about, about the other money, the 90% that God still owns. I think it's important that we understand the spirit of giving and generosity. So as we get ready to close, I, you know what? God did some amazing things earlier. I'm not going to try to have an altar call. We did that. God did some great stuff. But if you still need prayer, we are here for you. But right now we're going to have some baptisms right outside. and There's, there's, there's donuts out there. So let, let me pray as, as we dismiss. Are you guys clapping for the baptisms or the donuts? Somebody said donuts. You better stop it. Both. <laughs> Oh, Lord, we thank you that everything we have belongs to you, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are the giver of all things. Help us to steward those things well. Help us, help us to be generous people, Lord, in word and in deed. I pray blessing as we go today, and, and I pray blessing over Ben and Brittany as they rededicate themselves to you. Tell the world what Jesus is doing in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. <laughs>